And we are back. You are listening to the Rutten River Pursuit Podcast. We are bringing you the NRA's Great American Outdoor Show. And here we are. It's day four, folks. We still got some business to attend to down in the fishing hall. And isn't it Stevie, of course, that takes us there. So let me just say before we head down, if you guys haven't taken an opportunity to check out the uh, Facebook feed and Instagram and all that stuff, uh, make sure you do. We're putting out a lot of video content this year. Make sure you guys can see everything that we're talking about. So take an opportunity when you get a chance. Go check that stuff out. But for now, let's get down to the show floor. It's Bucky with Deke and Stevie. And we are uh, hanging out over here with Zach Brown at Lac Lamart Adventures. And uh, Stevie still can't believe that these are lake trout. That's Zach. not lake trout. I don't know what it is, but that's not a lake trout. That's a mutant that's, trout. That's a, the, the a biggest lake trout picture I've ever seen. Like, I didn't know they existed. We caught some planet. in Ontario, and we had fat belly ones. It just, you know, it just felt like it, just, yeah. it was a fat fit. These things make They're, that look tiny. Yeah, enough about you two. Let's, let's learn from <laughs> Zach, guys. Um, Zach, first of all, where is uh, Lac Lamarck? Adventures. Where are you located at? Give us a perspective of. Yeah, so, so we're 125 air miles uh, northwest of Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. So a lot of people don't even know where Yellowknife is. That's the capital of the Northwest Territories, and that got famous by ice road truckers. Okay. Okay. So typically you get there, and then we charter a float plane from Yellowknife, and we fly you into our lodge. We're located on an island, on a lake. It's a thousand square miles. It's 49 by 27 miles. So it's a mini ocean. When you're out there in some places, you can't see the other side of it. Wow. Um, so, wow. And when you have that exclusivity, we're the only lodge on the lake, and that's a recipe for big fish, oh, like yeah. you were talking about. So. And nobody else out there. Nobody you? else out there. You mean there's no other lodges, there's no competition. Do you there's think just some us. of these fish ever saw lures until you throw something in front of them? Um, in certain areas of the lake, you mean maybe we're only going there a handful of times a year. Yeah. Um, but on average, you mean it's it's you or maybe the other boat at the lodge. You know I mean, it's not, a, yeah, a, not, not no nobody pressure. else. I mean, no one's driving in there and taking these fish out. Yeah. So these, these are true Canadian fishing adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had me at the float plane. Yeah. That just sounds awesome. I mean, that's an adventure in itself. Yeah, right? I can how, imagine. How, so how do you get there? So you would fly to Yellowknife. Um, okay. I mean, that's all commercial airline. Uh, WestJet Air Canada will fly up there, and then we charter a float plane. And up there at the lodge, um, we got accommodations. You get your own cabin, running water, heat, shower, which is nice. In the middle of nowhere to have that yeah. is yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Good meals to go with. And then obviously fishing, like we talked about, big pike and big lake trout. Man, so how are you? How are you targeting these species? Yeah, good. So there's different ways. So lake trout, if we're talking about that. You can cast, you can jig, you control. A lot of people are always blown away by the idea of casting to these big lake trout. Yeah, um, they spawn later in the year. So for people that don't want to sit and just hold on to a rod and troll, which can be boring, um, they want to cast to them. And you're casting in three to ten feet of water later in the fall. No kidding. And yeah, it's it's not usually one or two fish. I mean. And you're getting annoyed by the end of the day because you're catching so many big lake trout. Yeah. And is the water clear and I can Yeah, I mean, I you're sight fishing. Sight, yeah. oh. So for pike fishing early season, specifically guys want to come up on the fly rod, cast a pike and you know, as little as a foot of water. Uh, and you're seeing them before you catch them. So I, it ends up being hunting. Oh, I just got cool. the goosebumps, guys. As soon as so you cool. Sight fishing, float plane in. They're enormous. Like, that's just... Yeah, I mean, our lodge I, record's 48 pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah, lake which trout. Which is big. That, so oh, my God. 
But the average, I think people are surprised. I mean, I've had some incredible days on the water, yeah. and when you catch a handful between 20 to 30 pounds, I mean, that's, that's your arms insane. get sore. Yeah. These lake trout have heads like catfish. Yeah. yeah. Their you jaw know. is just a different style. I mean, they, that's a crushing That's what power. threw me off. Like, so what are you throwing at them when you're so catching So you could get away with throwing the same spoon all week. Yeah. Um, you could use a soft plastic. You could use a jig and a minnow. Uh, huh. I mean, it's, or a jig and a soft, as walleye grubs. You could use whatever you wanted. The nice thing is that, I mean, there's no fine science to it because yeah. in reality, I mean, these fish, like you said, aren't seeing many lures. They're pretty dumb as far as it gets, so mm -hmm. it makes my job easy and it makes you look like a good fisherman. And, yeah, and they're oh, hungry man. and they react. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make me look like a good fisherman. That'd be nice. There's some other toothy critters that I'm seeing here that I have never personally even put a small one into the boat. A pike. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've I've caught a pike. Yes. Okay. I, I was thinking more. I thought these were more musky, but they're not. No, they're, they're all pike. I mean, we do have silver pike, which for a lot of people get confused with. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have the individual markings like a pike would. So they're the same species, just mm -hmm. a different color differentiation. So people always think they are musky, but uh, it's a pretty cool, unique looking fish. They actually look like a silver or even a blue tinge in the water. And, and uh, I think that's pretty unique to the lake we're at. That is cool. Yeah. I How think this lake has an obesity problem because <laughs> even these pike have fat bellies. Yeah. <laughs> really, I, I, seriously, I, if you want to catch fat fish, yes. you yeah, need no, to go to Lac Lamar. We've got a lot of white fish, which uh, the fatness and the oil in that helps okay. with the, the pike and lake trout being fat. And <laughs> there's a lot of them. The white fish are big, so that's what they're feeding on all year, along with hopefully fishermen's lures. Now, you had mentioned with minnows. Now, uh, on your lake, do you... I, we, that was more up. of an exaggeration, I oh, guess. Okay. But you don't need to. I mean, at the end of the day, that's more work. Right. Um, because, I mean, you're using, you know, a hard piece of metal or a soft plastic. Doing extra work yeah. isn't going to help you probably catch more fish. Hmm. And, so. when, and I've been to places in Ontario where yeah. they're very picky on yes. what kind of live bait for... Yeah. for yeah. To preserve the habitat. Gotcha. Yeah, no, where we're at, I mean, you usually don't have to be picky. You don't have to worry about how the fish going to see your lure or your line. I mean, it's a, an untouched fishery, more or less, in the middle of nowhere. So, All right. We talked about some pike, some lake trout. Any other species? Or, um, no, we do have grayling. Okay. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I think people are more about catching bigger fish. Yeah. Grayling don't usually get a lot of, uh, of attention. But that being said, they're very unique fish. That top yeah. dorsal fin yeah. right is on. very unique to that species. So some people do come up and want to spend yeah. a day catching those, which we can and do. And they're in the lake also. They are, yeah. But wow. I, I don't know why you would want to uh, <laughs> after looking at the pike and the trout. Yeah. One yeah, thing I'm, I'm still not convinced that's a lake trout. <laughs> so, so I hear float plane. I think about smaller plane. Yeah. I think about only so much cargo. Yeah, that's a great so, question. So when you come, when we book, a, you book a trip. What do you have to worry about with bringing gear? We tell guys a 50-pound weight limit. That more or less just regulates them, so they're not bringing in their rock collection. Yeah. Overall, yeah. we're not weighing your bags. Right on. Um, so usually it's not an issue. Okay. Um, our float planes are usually anywhere from 12 to 14 people going in. Mm -hmm. So oh, and wow. that usually can accommodate gear. Um, so it's usually not an issue with what you're bringing in. You guys have all the rods, reels. Yeah, lures. we do accommodate stuff for that. Most of our guys are hardcore fishermen. They want to use their own reels yeah. and mm -hmm. their own rods. But I get it. Rod tubes to the airports can be a pain in the butt. Yeah. So guys typically will say, hey, we. Do you have rods and reels for you guys. We can provide you with that if what you need. Okay. If you let Stevie come, you wouldn't want him to bring his. He'll rods bring his rod. Locker. You would need two, two of those two float planes. <laughs> no, some guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. I get that. We actually have regulars that just leave their stuff at the lodge. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, 
it's it's pretty good. So guys don't want to leave. Yeah, that's yeah. great, man. I'd like awesome. to be a regular. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Well, Zach, if our listeners can't get down to the show, how can they find you? Um, so if you Google NWT fishing, okay, um, our lodge will come up right away. If you Google Lac Lamart, um, uh, Northwest Territories fishing, I mean we're going to be popping up pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, and that all our information's on there, uh, our website. And, yeah, they can email us. They can call us from there and get more information hopefully book a trip. Perfect. That is a stud it. of a lake trout. Yeah. yeah. Got, no, it's pretty sweet. Wow. Guys, we've had, we had one day, if you guys are going crazy, I mean, this is at, at Abnomaly, but we had one day uh, two years ago, or last two years ago, uh, we had 26 fish over 20 pounds <laughs> about 10 hours of fishing. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those days where it was like everything was working out great, yeah. where even like your a lot of 10, 15, 18-pound lake trout. Oh. I mean, that was my best day ever for his first big fish. But these guys were just, I mean, and it was like they didn't want, they didn't want to go in. I'm like, dude, like, how, what, what do you guys want to say? Like, you're done. Like, yeah, yeah. How, how do you top yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like, what, you catch one more, what does it mean? You mean you caught, like, so many? Yeah. Do you even go out the next day? You know, you, right? don't, want, you yeah. don't want to ruin that high. Yeah. You're going uh, downhill. I love it. It's all downhill after catching a fish yeah. like that. Cool. Well, thank you. We Thanks, appreciate Zach. it. Thanks appreciate for having yeah, yeah, guys, check out their uh, website, though. Get over to nwtfishing.com because you got to check out the picks. Yeah. You sweet. won't believe it. Our words. That's not a lake trout. It is. <laughs> Check it out. Bucky out. We'll see you. Rim wheelers. Still in the fishing hall. Imagine we, that. Yeah. yeah. Surprise, yeah. surprise, surprise. And uh, we got stopped by Captain Chris from Predator. What, what do you call Predator, it? Predator Sport, Sport fishing. fishing. And this is a cool booth. This makes me feel like I'm, I'm down in Hatteras, North Carolina. Pictures of fish everywhere. This is big cool. fish. Big fish. Yeah, we don't go after the small stuff. No, you don't. Tell <laughs> us about your service there, bud. Okay, so we run a uh, custom Carolina sport fish boat. Uh, go to the Gulf Stream every day. Ooh. You know, fish for big game. You know, big stuff. Yeah. Not, not targeting too many small species. Mostly blue marlin, mahi mahi, uh, tuna. You know, stuff that tastes good. Is and that gives wahoo you a good up there? Fight. Yep, oh, wahoo. Man. Second fastest fish in the ocean. No way. Yeah. Really? They can swim up 60 miles an hour. Holy buckets. Bucky, what's the fastest? Oh, what is Michael it? Michael Phelps? Torpedo. <laughs> is it barracuda? Is nah, that... nah. Sailfish. Sailfish. Sailfish is the fastest. My guess would have been barracuda, so yeah, we were all wrong. About a... I was going to say white perch, but <laughs> you're a little off on that one. White perch. You're a little off on that one. So, so, you, so you run out the Gulf Stream every day? Every day. It's like wow. my second home. Wow. Actually, it's like my first home because I spend more time there than I do at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we take off, you know, somewhere around 5 in the morning. It takes us about an hour to get to where we start fishing. That's not bad. No, um, not at all. So, you know, boat's real comfortable. It's big, roomy, air-conditioned, heated, and all that kind of stuff. So you can accommodate big bathroom, fighting chair, you know, all big tackle, Shimano stuff is what we go with this is the trip you can take your wife on uh yeah yeah Man. or not you know yeah, yeah. exactly but she not. Have, well, whichever <laughs> one's better she, she, she doesn't have not yeah. she doesn't have to pee I in did. a bucket is no, what i'm getting no at. no no she's got she's got a big bathroom fresh water you know you can it's like a second house you know? yeah stove microwave everything you need no kids wow and uh, how many people uh, we generally take? take six people take six passengers yeah at a time yep 
So we're trolling. I, I see. I see big plugs here. I see. You know, you're yeah, just depending on what we're going after is the spread we put out. Sometimes we do a lot of hands-on fishing, so it's not necessarily trolling. You know, okay. I mean, everybody gets their own pole and they kind of do their own thing. Yeah. Jig for tunas. Tossing uh, ballyhoo. Big snowy groupers, pitching baits. You know, yeah. we're hands-on kind yeah. of operation. That's kind of our kind of fishing too. Oh yeah. We, we yeah, like, we're not the kind of person that just sits you in the chair and brings you there and don't touch anything and just you know no, we're we, hands we, on. Yeah, Some we're fishermen. Like, we want to fish and we like to be a part of that. You that's know, right. like if you need us to spray down the deck after we land a fish, we'll I don't jump mind in, if you help. We'll jump in there with I you. I don't we mind like if that. you help, but just don't walk in the cabin with your dirty feet. Amen. <laughs> oh, We've learned that with many. We, a we want you to yell at Bucky to you know reel down harder. <laughs> yeah, that's know? right. Give yeah, him a, give yeah. him a, a tough go at it. Yeah, yeah. Right? We like some of that tough love coaching while we're out there too, because you know we're. You know, yeah, we're a family-oriented business. You know, I mean, we take a lot of family groups, and then we take a lot of bachelor parties with yeah. rough guys, drink oh, a lot man. of beer. You yeah. know, I mean, it happens. You can accommodate it. I all. bet you get yeah, a lot whatever of, you want. A lot of chum waters. With, ah, with well, groups. you know, <laughs> I've probably seen about any kind of throw-up you could ever imagine. <laughs> I'm a nurse, and I think you may be the only other person that could see as much. I mean, you get, you get loud ones, like you. loud ones, quiet ones, sneaky ones. You tell them don't throw up in the bathroom, and the next thing you're like, hey, yeah. Frank's been in the bathroom for 45 minutes. Is he okay in there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frank, get out of there. He's yeah. sweating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, oh, too good. Wahoo. Yeah. So say we're trolling for Wahoo. Okay. What, what does that look like? Okay. So most times we fish like 10 to 12 rods okay. you know, when we're trolling for Wahoo. And there's different techniques. Sometimes you can fast your high-speed troll where the boat's actually going like 18 to 20 miles an hour. Really? That fast? Out, yeah. And they'll come in there and grab it. And, I mean, it's like you hooked a Volkswagen, you know, because wow. you're going so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see him grab it? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot of goodness. sight. You know, everything we fish for is a sight. You know, it's a predator. It sees what it wants to eat, and it goes after it. So you're not kind of like 200 feet and, down you know, or something crazy yeah. like that. No. Nah. Pretty close to the surface. So you see Most the blow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's man. That so so, so cool. we hook up with a Wahoo. What's next? You know? Nah, well, you know, number one, get in the chair. Get your fighting belt on. You know, keep the line tight. Get him, get him close to the boat. And, you know, me and the mate will kind of coach you into what to okay. do. Yeah. Bring him to the gaff, and then once you go to land him on the boat, you got to make sure everybody's out of the way because wahoos have razor sharp teeth. Yeah, yeah, they'll cut you bad. Okay, mm -hmm. so so we get it on the boat, we bleed it. You you put it in the ice, and you take it home and you eat it. It's that's, pretty simple. That's perfect. Yeah, can we oh, eat it out my. there if we want to? Oh, you could. Yeah. All right, you so could. Yeah, we have parties that make ceviche, make sushi. You know, as soon as no the, the thing's still pumping and they're cutting it up with really? a knife, you know. Yeah. That's the way to That's do fresh. it. That'd be fresh. Yeah, yeah, you can't beat that. I've never had Wahoo. Oh, my gosh, man. You're missing out. Yeah. Yeah, Wahoo's really white meat, you know, flaky. It's more meaty like a steak, not like something that's going to fall apart. Sure, you yeah, know. sure. It's good. Really wow. good. Cool, man. What, what's this fish underneath the uh, underneath the dolphin? Uh, this one here, the gray, that's a gray or a blue line tile. That's a blue line. Okay. You can see the blue line on his that's, a, that's yeah. a deep drop, right? Yeah, it's like really a thousand deep. Foot? Well, no, not that deep. Uh, 300, okay. 300 wow. feet, you know, anywhere from 150 to 400 feet for those. Okay. You jig for those? Uh, yeah, that's one of those, you know, things where everybody gets their own rod, and, it, you know, this is my style. Yeah. Electric reel. It's got a switch yeah. on it. You just turn it on, and it just kind of does the work for you. <laughs> you know? I'll bet that fish fights. <laughs> oh, yeah. and It, it looks like a. That's my favorite one to Is eat. it? 
Yeah. Out of everything I catch, I'd rather eat the tilefish than anything. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yep. You get into some sharks too there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, they get into us. <laughs> it's kind of like, like taxes. You got to pay them. <laughs> if you like it or not, you got to pay them. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Hey, uh, so if, if our listeners can't get down to the show, how can they find you guys? Uh, we're on the website. You know, we got a calendar, www.predatorsportfishing.com. Okay. Um, you know, our availabilities are right there, calendar telling you what we're catching when. So pretty yeah. easy to get up with us. Uh, telephone number is 252-995-2340. Perfect. Captain Chris, this looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. I, I, I've always been afraid to offshore fish, I'll tell you. Just you need to take your the, dream of being. Yeah. Nah, dream of being overrated. You just don't need to think about it. You know, people oh, get all man. worried about it. They start thinking about it. It's going to happen. I yeah. agree. You know? I agree. Yeah. Just get out there. Oh. And, and, and with with predator sport fishing, you don't have that long of a ride. Yeah, we're, you get we're to close. Where you get to now. You're not a three-hour boat ride. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. Ocean City, further north, you got a long boat ride. Yeah. You're there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that helps great. a lot. Because as soon as I hear Gulfstream, I'm thinking – multi-hour yeah. boat ride before I, I you always, even get to work. Nah, we're close. I always tell my customers, you know, party after the game, not before the game. Yeah. And even party during the game. Just not <laughs> Just too not hard before. before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right on. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thank cool. you for taking time to talk yeah, to us. We thank appreciate you. it. Guys, a appreciate pleasure. It, Captain. Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Have a good show, bud. Check them out, guys. Rig Weedless. Thank, thank you. Okay, guys. guys, we are back at the Great American Outdoor Show 2020. I have Ryan with me this time. Hey, guys. And if our listeners can hear in the background, there's something going on. A little barking. A little barking, a little music, a little fun. And our guest with us knows all about what's going on, Mr. Travis Reich. Did I say that right? Yeah, he did. Nice. With uh, Chesapeake Dock Dogs. How's it going, guys? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. So you guys, you and your wife, compete. Yep. I mean, you guys are not just com- competitors. You guys are pretty full bore into this dock doll competition. Yeah, so. we're heavily involved. Uh, my wife is competing for about at least seven, eight years now. Okay. And I'm about six years. She kind of drugged me into this uh, addiction, so to speak. Nice. Right. Um, so we compete pretty much all over Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia. We traveled all the way to Canada. And wow. all the way out to Iowa as well for the world championships. Wow. And so big deal he's the guy to get on for this then i'm telling you that's yeah. pretty good yeah. knows what's up yeah it's crazy i mean there are I'm trying to think there's probably over four thousand dogs that compete within the u.s uh there's also international as well as far as australia uh great britain and okay. uh canada as well wow so it's a worldwide organization yeah i never really thought about it that way yeah. it's safe to say that uh the lab is probably the most popular dog Oh, by far. Competing in these? By far. Yeah. Okay. Any, any um, water water dogs or hunting dogs are yep. very popular. So you have your German Shorthair Pointers. Uh, what's coming really popular now is the Belgian Mountain ones. So okay. the dogs that really have high drive. Okay. Right? They have, they have, the big thing that they have, they have love water, right? Because yep. that's what they're jumping into. And they also have, have, to, have to have a toy drive. Okay. So whether it be a tennis ball, whether it be a duck, whether it be a little bumper, you know, or buoy. They throw out there into the water. They have to have that drive for it. Okay. And now, like, for you guys, how many dogs do you have right now? So we have four. Okay. Uh, our oldest is 10. He's a chalk all labs, pretty much. Uh, oldest is 10. Youngest is 15 weeks. Wow. And we have wow. an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old. Okay. And, so, and now yeah. the older one's still competing? Or is yep. this, like, so now another thing, do they compete within age classes? How does that, how does do. that work? So there's three different disciplines within Doc Dogs. There's Big Air. 
which is a long jump for dogs. You have extreme vertical, which is the high jump. Okay. And so that bumper extends eight feet out from the dock, and it starts at four feet six from the level of the dock, okay. and they work their way up until there's no one left in the competition. So it's pretty crazy <laughs> to see. Yeah. And then wow. you have what we have later today is called Peter Tree, which I like to call the 100-meter dash for dogs. Okay. And so they sit in a 20-foot box or a box 20-foot from the end of the dock, and there's a bumper hang at the end. So whoever's the fastest to retrieve that bumper at the end okay. is going to be our winner for that. Wow. And then if the dog does all three, it's they considered an iron dog, similar to an iron man. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that's cool. And, so, and they accumulate points for how well they do, and they get a score for that. And they yeah. get prizes and all kinds of goodies for it's that. It's not identical to an Iron Man. I mean, it's probably yeah. tough to get a dog to ride a bicycle. I've seen it at a circus once or twice. I've seen a dog drive a car now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's great. And then, so the three different disciplines, yep. and how, how does the age, like, would your young dogs compete against your old, older dogs? Yep. or? So how it works, basically, any dog can compete any dog, no matter how, how big they jump. So let's take Big Air, for example. Okay. Right? So there's six divisions within Doc Dog's Big Air, right? Start from one inch, right? Because dogs can't jump one inch, right? Right. Mostly it's just falling in, right? <laughs> and then they jump from one inch to nine feet, 11 inches. That's novice class, okay? okay? Then there's junior, which is from 10 to 14 feet, 11. And there's senior, Whoa. 15 to 19, 11. Master, 20 to 22, 11. Elite, 23 to 24, 11. Anything beyond 25 feet is considered super elite. Holy bucket. So I'd there's say. only... I think this past year there's maybe about 50 dogs that averaged a score over 25 feet okay. out of 4,000 dogs. Wow. So it's very rare that you get a dog that averages a score over 25 feet. That's a long distance. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I go about four feet myself. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Man. I, I think On a good day. <laughs> and the current world record is like 32 feet, six inches. Holy buck. And they measure from when the dog leaves the end of the dock to where that tail set, where that tail meets the butt. Where yeah. that hits the water, that's what they measure. So 32, 32 feet, 6 inches out from the dock where the dog where tail the end butt hits goes the, in. Where the butt goes in. Huh. Now, now, how is it judged? I mean, is there is there three judges? Like, you know, how many judges do you have to, to, to confirm that? So with Doc Dolls Worldwide, they use a camera system that was developed by ESPN for the Great Outdoor Games back in, like, early 2000s. Okay. This is how it all got started. Right? For the Great Outdoor Games, they're like, hey, we got dogs, they're hunting, Right. Let's see if we can get throw a toy make a competition out of it. That's basically how it got started. Yeah. It's developed in this huge organization. So they take a camera and they line it up with the pool. And they judge it by the camera. Okay. So, so it's, it's like 10,000 pictures. Wow. And then they slow it down where that dog hits the water. And that's when they click on it and they get the score. Okay. So, so. It, it's very finite. Like yeah. there isn't judgment calls yeah. being made you on it. You don't have stuff. Russia giving a, a nine when everybody else gave a 9.5, right? You know, okay. Yeah. That's, that's so, mind-blowing. So for judging standards, this is the, the premier canine aquatics, right? You get the best of the best, best systems, best dogs jumping. At this, at the Great American Outdoor Show? At the Great American Outdoor Show, but also with dog dogs in general. Oh, okay. So. Wow. Now, for breeding and everything, I mean, just because you have a lab, mm-hmm. you know, are you, are you going to a special dog dog breeder, or are you just looking for a drive in the litter? Are you going to a hunting breeder? I mean... How's that work? It depends. I mean, you can go. I mean, rescues also great dogs as well, right? You can go to a breeder and you might get a dog that might not like the water. They might have a great toy drive, but they just might not like the water. Yeah. Or vice versa. They like the water, but they don't have a toy drive. They might be more interested in the food. Okay. So they can't throw food in out there. Yeah. So the toy has to be floatable, retrievable, and not edible. 
Yeah. Because back early in the day, a guy threw a dead raccoon out into the pool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> Can so. only imagine the crowd when that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's reasons for some of these rules. Yep. I like yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> wow. So. Okay. But just, just depends. I mean, whatever the dog really. I mean, for us, right, we look for a dog first. It has to be a toy drive. Mm-hmm. Right, they're not going to chase that toy. They're not going to go out to water. And so when we try to look for breeds, you know, usually there's the typical dogs that have that drive naturally. Yeah. Right? They're retrievers. Yeah. Right? That's what they're bred to do. No matter if they're a rescue, if they're from a, a dog breeder. Um, and then teaching the water can come. Okay. That's one thing that you can really kind of teach. I mean, you can teach toy drive as well, but sometimes that's more natural. Yeah. And now another thing, you know, you hear about with the hunting industry of, or hunting with dogs of gunshot dogs. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big environment going out there. Yep. I mean, do you have to worry? Like, is there some training involved oh, yes. in that? Getting used to the crowd, getting used to the announcer, getting used to the music. I mean, is that is that something you have to worry about? That's something you definitely have to worry about. Um, something you really have to start um, put your dog in different environments. Okay. Right. Same thing you do hunting. Yet make sure your dog is not gun shy or right. loud noises shy. Because right here we're indoors. Right. Yeah. It's loud. You got music blaring. You got announcers. You got people shouting. Yep. All kinds of things going on, tons of distractions. Yeah, right. A lot so of other dogs, a whole bunch of other dogs barking. Yeah, yeah. barking, right? And so the, you have to be able to get your dog to focus on you. Okay. And that can be tough when there's so much stimulation coming at you. So it's important for you, for your competitor to make sure that they take them to different environments, take them to different events, to get them at that exposure. Okay. Now, you know, you and your wife are, are coming to this competition. Yeah. You guys do multiples through the year. Is this your big competition for Pennsylvania or is this just kind of a on the trail? It's on the trail. I mean, I love, this is a great event. Um, the crowds are awesome. You basically fill up half the, the arena here yeah. in Harrisburg. So um, it's one of our favorite events that we look for. Um, but we love our outdoor events because it's not freezing cold outside. Yeah. And the water's warm. Um, we have an event down in Cador State Park uh, down in Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. At, at the, um, the Cador's Blast. Cador's Blast, yeah. And so it's a fantastic event. It's right into the lake. And that's one of our favorites because the crowds are huge. They go all the way up the hill. Yeah. And nice. so it's just a And you get fantastic. fireworks afterwards. Yeah, you do. Yeah, can't beat that. No. <laughs> and so it's a great event. And there's, I mean, you can't beat with Doc Dogs, the World Championships. They have four pools, right? Okay. You got 400 competitors right here. We only have maybe 50 to 80 competitors. Okay. Right? So you have over 400 just people, yeah. let alone dogs. Yeah. So you probably have eight over 800 dogs. <laughs> right? Because most people, most dog talk players have at least two. Okay. Once you get one, then you get that yeah. second one, then yeah. you get that third. I know one person has at least 12 dogs. Holy buckets. Competing. <laughs> Competing. Wow. Yep. And they're constantly running back and forth. I guess. For the dogs. So. Yeah. 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 So any, any special preparation, like, for this competition? Yeah. Do you guys, because it is, I mean... It is, we're in February. Yep. I mean, have you, have you guys just had a competition recently? I mean, is this yep. kind of the start of the season? So we had a club event last weekend with Jesse Dog Dogs down in 20 Mayon at okay. the World Pets Expo. Um, so that was our kickoff to the year, so to speak, for the East Coast. And then we had this event here. Okay. And so, but the big thing we do in the winter is we go to the Canine Spa out in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. It's an indoor swimming pool. It's nice and warm. And we kind of get them loosened up, try to get them fresh, try yeah. to keep them in shape a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's that's in we, Dillsburg, you said? Yeah. The Canine Spa. Yeah. I had no idea it was even there. I yeah, live just south of Dillsburg. Yeah, so. it's right by Har's Drive-In. Okay. Right on Orbank Road. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but, yeah, we try to keep them in shape, make sure we're stretching them out. Because with any competitor athlete, right, you, 
got to make sure that you don't pull any muscles. Sure. Right? Because right? they're jumping, they're twisting. Yeah. And so. so how about shepherds? Is there any German shepherds competing oh. in this stuff? Uh, not as many as you'd think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually wouldn't have thought about there being a lot of shepherds, except that now I own one. She's got a huge toy drive. Yeah. And... Uh, of course, super athletic, um, but she and she doesn't hate the water. Yeah. But she would just as soon go run and chase the toy outside. Yeah. Like she's obsessed with frisbees. Oh yeah. I think yeah. the big the big type of shepherds we see are mm-hmm. Dutch shepherds and Austra- uh, no, Australian shepherds and also uh, the Belgian Malinois. Yeah. So those are the big type of shepherds that we see. Uh, we also do see German shepherds as well. Okay. Um, I'm not sure exactly why German shepherds don't jump as much. Um, but the more common ones, the Dutchies and the, the okay. Belgians. Yeah, we uh, we reinforce some some bad behavior um, when we're trying to teach our dog to play with toys. Yep. We did a lot of tug of war. Yep. When she was a puppy. Yep. So now uh, she loves to play. Yep. She hates to give you the toy. Oh yeah. You know, she doesn't want to let go. Yep. She'll chase it and she'll catch it. She jumps. You know, we throw the frisbee out in the in the yard. Okay. She jumps significantly. Yeah. Uh, to get it, but then she just doesn't want to bring it back. She wants to keep playing, but she doesn't want to let go. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Yep. So you're involved with Chesapeake Dock Dogs. Yep. That's an association. That's a club. It's a Dock Dogs affiliated club. Okay. And so we're part of Dock Dogs worldwide, but we have our own events that help Dock Dogs helps us out. So they'll give us a pool, they'll give a staff member, and they'll give us some equipment as well. But we basically run the event. Okay. And so, but we partner with them. We're a club of the organization. Okay. So any of our listeners that have a, has a dog that they think would or they would want to get a dog and get competing, what would be your steps? What, what, would, what, would, you, what would you tell somebody to do? Uh, my first step um, for us, if you're local within the Maryland or Virginia area, uh, check out our website or our Facebook, ChesapeakeDocDogs.com. Um, we have a frequent asked questions page as far as how to get started. Okay. The best way, honestly, to get started is uh, go to, come to our practice. You know, We have experienced handlers there that can help guide you, um, answer all the questions that you have, because when you get started out, there's a thousand questions running through your head yeah and so you're trying to figure that out um and then start getting your dog in the water right start having fun just tossing it into the water i recommend going to a lake to a pond to a stream just get the dog used to the water get that way and then come to a pool because that's a two-foot drop from a dock okay and so that can be a big thing yeah right and also with the pool the water's clear right so dogs are not sure when they see that clear water <laughs> they're not sure how deep it is yeah never thought about that and yeah. so that's a big hindrance when dogs see that. Okay. And so, like ponds and lakes, it's great because it's they can't see the bottom for right. the yeah. most part. Yeah. Right. So they jump right in. But I recommend just I really think of that. Going to a pond sense. or a lake and just kind of tossing the ball in and having fun. That's perfect. Uh, you want to tell our listeners anything else? Let them know anything. No. If you guys have questions, just check us out on Facebook and uh, our uh, website. Okay. ChesapeakeDocDogs.com. There yep. we go. Perfect. Thank you, Travis. We Thank appreciate you. it. Appreciate your time. Good bud. luck Thanks. to you guys this Thank week, you. this season. Have fun. Thank yep. you, guys. Thanks. Okay, Stevie. Hey. This, is, this is a booth for both of us. Not only is there sea ducks, but there's fishing. There is. This captain does we it all. We haven't been to many of these kind of booths. So we are here with Captain Lee. Captain Len. Captain Len. Sorry. Captain Len Griner. Let me start that over. We are here with Captain Len. Hi, Captain. And you were from Massachusetts. Yep. And you do it all up there. Yep. What all do you do? I run a charter boat. Uh, we catch uh, bluefin tuna, giant bluefin tuna, uh, sharks, uh, striped bass, 
bluefish, tuna. Oh, man. Uh, I, I said that already. Uh, black sea bass, porgies, cod, and pollock. I think you forgot this big fluke, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Those, that's them, too. They are big. That, that's a big one there. Yeah. We don't see those down here in Chesapeake and off, off the coast of Ocean City. <laughs> yeah, that, that jumbo fluke fishery has uh, been going on for a few years. It's... Uh, it, uh, I like to uh, catch the big ones in June. Okay. Yeah, uh, mid to late June into early July. Yeah. And Is water pretty cold up then, up there at that point still? Uh, 60, 61 Is degrees, it? yeah. I think fluke move in on 58-degree water temperature, maybe 55. Yeah. They're a lot colder, cold, more of a cold-water fish than people give them credit for. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Makes sense. Same yeah. thing with striped bass. They move in around 55 degrees. So yeah. the one thing I notice in your brochures and here at your booth is the thresher shark. Oh, yeah. Man, that looks like fun. Yeah, um, we, we do catch some thresher sharks. Uh, we catch some makos and obviously blue sharks. But the one shark species that we uh, specialize in or have had a lot of luck with is a poor beagle, which is a, a poor beagle is a hybrid that doesn't migrate. It's half mako and half uh, great white. They're really? all they're all they're all three cousins. Really? Believe it or not, they're very closely related. So a poor beagle is called a mackerel shark. Okay. Um, they used to call them cold water makos, but um, yeah, the boat uh, has won four shark tournaments catching them. Wow. And they're good to eat. Are they? Yeah, the, they don't get that big. The world record's only like five. Uh, 525. Yeah, it's not big at all. That's, yeah, that's a decent <laughs> yeah. sized fish, still, right? And we had one one time in a, one of our tournaments that was uh, 460. Nice. So I, I we stopped fishing the tournaments. Uh, I haven't fished one of them shark tournaments in about three or four years now. But I will. I always wanted to to catch the world record poor beagle, but I don't think it. I you know. I, uh, you still got time? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So how do you? The customers decide what they want to fish for. You, you're going to fish for everything up there, right? Is it well basically what's in season? Yeah, uh, we start our year off with black sea bass and porgies. Um, that's uh, a group of people we get run two trips a day, um, morning and afternoon, uh, in the from mid-May until about the 10th of June. Guys, people, groups come morning and afternoon from as far away as Richmond, Philadelphia, Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they take the fish home. A lot of them fish two days. Yeah. And then striped bass show up. Those big flukes show up. Uh, and tuna show up in June. And basically people find me either, you know, we've been doing business a long time. They either find me on the, on the Internet. My website shows up uh, on Google, like on the first page, without without advertising because yeah, nice. we're so old but the fact of the matter is is that everything they'd want to know about fishing including videos and everything else is on that website uh, capecodsportsman.com oh nice yep, capecodsportsman.com and then for duck hunting um what we do is uh i was a duck hunter as a baby uh, i loved it i it, it's when you're a duck hunter you know it and if you're not a duck hunter and you think you are you're probably not <laughs> so uh, what I'm thinking is is that when I when I moved to New England, I grew up in South Jersey and tuckered in uh, on the coast shooting black ducks and pintails and mallards. I moved to New England in 86 to go to the Merchant Marine Academy, and uh, I started shooting eiders in 87 and became a guide. And now uh, I've had to learn how to do that and remember what I did when, as a kid. And, yeah. 
I love it, you know. I, yeah, the, the cool thing about your eider hunts is it's out of a layout boat. Yeah. A two-man layout boat, right? Yeah, I, I run a, a two-man and a and two one-man. So I run four hunters at a time. Uh, uh, they're made by Core Sound, which is a company in North Carolina. Terry Rose is a friend of mine. Um, the two-man has uh, been expanded to, to handle big hunters. Okay. You know, if you're over six foot, you're having a hard time in a layout boat unless it's got ample room right and i had i took it back and had him ex- extend it nine inches and put a bubble where your where your boots are oh nice and a lot of shoulder room so anyway uh four guys hunt at a time um and we do good on um especially the eiders but we got all five species of the sea ducks there uh if the weather's right you have a chance at all five you know while you're wow. while you're hunting with me now, now in new england are those separate limits your yeah. and your sea ducks yeah so if you come up at the right time you can shoot uh five sea ducks of which four can be any one species for instance you're allowed like four scoters and one eider the only restriction is you're only allowed one hen eider and then um, if you come up when regular ducks in are in as well that would cover all the puddle ducks and divers Six of those you're allowed, four max in, in one uh, species. Uh, uh, you're allowed two brant, uh, seven mergansers, and two geese okay. all in the same day wow. yeah. if you hit it all just right. You yeah, know? It sounds like a target-rich environment when it happens. Yeah, and I actually, back, I'm at our booth here at, uh, in Harrisburg, but uh, there's a picture of, a, one of one of my better hunts where we really had a great mixed bag. It was on the backside of an Arctic freeze. And uh, I don't know, I think those guys might have killed, uh, I don't, I'll have to count them, maybe 40 birds that day legally. <laughs> it looks like it, yeah. 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 a big group of them. Definitely. Man. Yeah. And, and you, when you're in those layout boats, those are decoying close, so you, know, yeah, you get, get some I, good shots. I tell guys, don't even bother sitting up unless you know you're going to kill it. Okay. Uh, know, know that you're going to kill it so you don't lose your confidence. And uh, I tell guys, um, you know, if it's outside of 40 yards, don't even think about it. Yeah. Let them come right in. That's got to be a tough way to guide. Well, no, it's like it, it, the birds handle. Yeah. I, I'm in the business of fooling them, and if the good Lord's willing, we fool them where they get within a good shooting range. And rather than make a lot of noise and, and disturb the birds mm-hmm. and wound the birds, yeah. I prefer to get them in close, shoot them in the face, and uh, everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. sounds like awesome. it. Man. Well, that is that is great. Uh, so we are at what's your booth number? We're in a fifty six hundred. I think it's five six two zero. I think is the booth, but it's the uh, it's in the fifty six hundred line, and it's uh, right parallel with that elephant head from the. <laughs> you uh, can't miss it. Yeah, if you see the elephant head, you're getting warm. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. And if they can't make it to the show, they can check you out on your website. Yeah, I've got I've got two websites. Um, uh, the uh, first one is the the fishing website, which is Cape Cod Sportsmen. Dot com and the duck hunting website is CapeCodSeaDuckHunting.com. Uh, they're both really good websites, yeah. and uh, you know we do well. We keep people happy, and they come back and they say sure. good things about yeah. us. So yeah, uh, definitely, we are definitely take pride in that. Yeah, I know some guys that have been up there for the eider hunts, and, and they, they speak well of you. So and your uh, your name is continue to be contagious in the in the world. So yeah, well, I hope that my wife doesn't find out I'm contagious. You know, I went to sea for over 20 years, so no, no I'm still married to the same wonderful woman with five kids. So, yep. so, so the best part is you're a real captain. 
Yeah, I sail captain on a tanker. Uh, I was in the uh, petroleum transportation industry. Um, when I went to this Merchant Marine Academy and was an officer in the Navy, and I went to, uh, uh, I was on a, a cluster bomb ship for six months in wow. Desert Storm wow. uh, in the Persian Gulf. That was cool. And uh, then I started moving petroleum, and I sailed captain for a few years. And the best thing about that is that nobody knows my name. Because if you have a, if you make a mistake in the petroleum industry and you cause a big problem, <laughs> national news knows your name. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. I'd rather be known for fishing than moving <laughs> petroleum. I tell you, I yeah. was always trying to be under the wire with that. But uh, yeah, I have, I have a great life. Yeah, very good, good man. Well, we thank Thanks, you for Captain. taking taking time to talk to us. Thank you for your service. Yes, sir. Our country, yeah. and uh, definitely check him out. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Captain. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That's a wrap on day four. Got a few days left of the show. I can't wait to see what else we got coming out. Be sure to follow along every week with our Sonic Campfires and our In the Current episodes. You can always find us at RuttenRiverPursuits.com. The podcast itself always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You do want to make sure you check out them YouTubes also. Just look for Rutten River Pursuits Podcast and... We're always all over all your social medias. Just search for Rutten River Pursuits on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you. See you later.